worst. Motherfucker never loved her. Fucker never loved her. You ain't know now, you know now. Still at the scrub jays with a toothbrush. Shit. Niggas still playing my old shit. But your shit is like the police asking us questions. Nigga, we don't know shit. All right, I'm. We are back once again, folks. <laughs> live in the Chaz Tower. Bonjour, shalom, and what's up? And welcome back. The how you living? Back from vacation. Back from the East Coast. Right, I was in Boston. Boston, Massachusetts. Wait, that's really excellent. He was uh, acting in the Town Three. I know what you're thinking they didn't even make a sequel. Well, <laughs> they did, and Chaz is in the third one. Aw, snap! Yeah, yep. I was an extra. This time, instead of Robin Bakes, nope, they're running for Congress. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dope. So, shout out to my boy for being in Town 3. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is, of course, uh, How You Living. And uh, we like to start the show with a little segment called... Callbacks. That's right. It's a uh, look back at all the things we've already talked about. Because at this point, pretty much if it's happening... Uh, at some point, we talked about it. Yeah, so, like, since we've been gone for a little bit, for, like, two weeks or so, um, we didn't have a chance to talk about the Parkland shooting. Uh, yeah, so, that was definitely something that, that like, we, we've heard it all before, and uh, we I used this as a callback, because back in episode 35, after Las Vegas happened, we talked about it. And I guess, like, my viewpoint on it has evolved a little bit since... Uh, Back then, I tried to, when I was talking on Facebook and talking about folks about the inevitable let's ban guns, let's get gun control arguments that come around that, and I was talking about how the Second Amendment was written, uh, you know, a lot of libertarians came on where, like, they both, they pointed out some uh, <clears throat> some Supreme Court cases that were very influential in the gun debate, so I had to look at those, and definitely the wording of a well-regulated militia which, if you translate it now, you think it means uh, regulations and such, but for then it just meant a well-armed populace. And I would say we have a well-armed populace when we have more guns than people. So, you know, yeah. there's that. But when it came to the Parkland shooting, um, the one thing, the one change in the narrative that I wanted to start seeing is, like, we know it's a crime, and we know crimes are always have three factors to them that you always have to look at, and that's means, motive, and opportunity. And I feel like means, we know the means. It's usually the AR-15 system of rifles. Um, and that's usually the thing that gets glossed over. And the thing that usually gets highlighted the most is motive. And right. I mean, definitely what I do want to like break down is because when I think about means, I think we do have to look at it. And I did listen, or not listen to, I read in a, a medium post a while back back when I think one of the other, I think it was when polls happened, and everyone again was making the same arguments. And per, and this is how I learned that the AR is a system, uh, and, and people can add modular things to the AR to make it how they want it to be. And that's why the bump stock is a big thing that was talked about in the last Las Vegas shooting, because that was used to make it seem like be effectively a machine gun or a fully automatic gun. Fully automatic. For yeah. those who like to argue semantics as their only point in this argument. But anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's definitely true. And then the 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 body counts are are getting more substantial again. 
And that is usually when it seems like Congress starts to listen. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of these times where somehow by some miracle, it's been like less people than 10 have perished and somehow it's been swept under the rug. And I think now that with with, uh, Pulse being a high body count with... Uh, the Las Vegas shooting be one of the highest, and yeah. then now this seventeen from one person. Um, it's 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 becoming like very air apparent that something needs to change right away because you know the the stats aren't working in the favor of it going away. You know the stats are kind of showing that this is this is picking up steam and it's becoming normalized and and we need to uh, we need to you know begin to use those mores and taboo kind of style things that we talked about in a previous episode as well and apply them to this issue so that we can see elements like you're saying we don't need to have these modular systems being sold to people that are telling us that they're using it for hunting you know they just need to get hunting rifles like why are we why are we accepting uh these entire killing machines as as optional uh products and you know looking forward we're gonna have to find out ways that states can limit their availability and ways that people can get them and uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the next kind of step that we need to be working towards. Yeah, definitely. Because like the AR is definitely an effective killing tool. And of course it's designed to be that. But I think one of the things when it comes to the means is that it's, it's designed in a way to basically circumvent our laws or the way things are labeled. Um, I watched a vice thing where it was a retired, uh, gun raider and, and the laws for machine guns are really old. It's from the 1930s. And the laws for a machine gun say that you can only, you have to be able to hold down the trigger once and have it fire. And that's what makes it uh, an automatic gun. So, you know, with the bump stock, it allows you to recoil on your finger. So you're technically hitting the trigger each time it's going through. But it happens at such of a clip that it, it just feels like a machine gun. So I think definitely... We have to look at the labeling of the guns and treat something that has assault capabilities as the killing machine that it is and not mislabel it as a long gun as it is now. And some people might argue that it isn't mislabeled and that it is a long gun, especially since its caliber of bullet isn't designed to kill. But like that's it's a bullet. Like You put it in the right spot and it kills. Right. So yeah. designed to kill my ass <laughs> anyway. But. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh it's interesting and then, and then the fact that the yeah, the number of of situations where that's been like you said the weapon of choice has been has been phenomenal and it's proof point that you know, even just by addressing the delivery of that weapon, you can limit some of this, you know. And I guess eventually class of weapons like it, of course. So Yeah. Yeah, before I go into um like the motive side of things, I want y'all to hear what a bump stock feel like sounds like on an AR-15 if you haven't already. So there's um this guy's channel called Jerry Rig Everything, and you know he goes into his backyard. It's from 2017, right when Las Vegas happened, when it was a big deal, and like thinking why. Yeah, this should be one of the things that are banned, but I think like the AR system. Itself probably needs to get looked at overall, but yeah, take a listen. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that just sounds like any old, you know, AK-47 you might hear. Well, you know, people are going to be really testy when you say that. But, you know, yeah. that many shots and using the bump stock and it's like it's recoiling each time, but it works. Yeah. So yeah. then, Go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, but then I wanted to transfer too because, like, we talk about that and then we get into um, the second one, which is motive. And this is one where you see a lot of arguments about, like, the mental illness argument and also just, like, why are this certain class of people doing it? And I think for that, you have to look at, you know, why people murder people. Uh, sometimes it's because out of frustration or out of just like malice and anger. And it's a combination of those two things. So I do think the arguments talking about how we're treating individuals and how we're outcasting them and how things like toxic masculinity and, you know, isolation and loneliness can lead to these things. And I think that does need to be talked about. I think to say that's all mental illness is a little is a, a little hyperbolic because plenty of folks go through that and don't do this. So I think we have to at least think about the humanity of the people who are doing it and definitely take a look at what is their ecosystem like where, based on everything else around it, this they feel like this is the best choice to make them feel better or this is the best choice for them to for folks to get their just desserts so like whatever their reasoning is because there's warning factors that we see in all of these starting from columbine in 1999 and also the thing that we do here too is it's very common to see people uh deflect with music and video games and the idea is that it's supposed to desensitize us from violence so we just do it anyway and like i think that has a limited sample size argument but plenty of studies have come out since 1999 to now that say that video games do not contribute to that factor and in some ways it doesn't desensitize us to violence it actually desensitizes us to um well i shouldn't say desensitize it actually makes us more aware of the humanity of things and the destructive power of things so we're at least likely to do that Hmm. Uh, and so it's definitely it, it's an argument it's a deflective argument that happens from folks on the gun rights side who just want to keep wants to keep the conversation away from means so so there's that and then i think the last one is opportunity and i think this is where anecdotally speaking um having gone to like an inner city public school and also an open private school i definitely think that opportunity deals with accessibility not just to guns but like to a campus and definitely when i went so i went to a public school and if you've ever gone to the tsa you know how annoying going to the tsa can be but basically every day of high school i had to go through the tsa i had to put my bag into a uh, x-ray machine and I had to go through a metal detector and if something went off I got the wand right and you know so there's that level of security that we had there so and given the fact that the AR is like a long rifle and everything like that um, you would be really hard-pressed for you to sneak that into somewhere because looking back at the pulse shooting a guy just like stuffed it down his pants and he was able to cover it all up, and you couldn't really see it. And going in through like that, uh, you would be able to catch it. But the other thing that they did with that is they all corralled us into one point. Uh, and I guess you could make the argument that if someone wanted to do it, they could do it outside of the school. Uh, but they all made us go through one entrance, and that entrance was the checkpoint where you had to get checked. 
But when you have, like, anecdotally speaking, back to my private school, that was open. There were so many means of entry. There was nobody blocking you from when you come in. It was it was pretty huge. There was multiple entrances you could come from. So given that the level of accessibility to anybody coming off the street was there, I definitely think that opportunity is linked to accessibility. And I think people who want more freedom at their school feel like it doesn't happen. But if you want to take a... Uh, Proactive approach. Yeah. At preventing more lives being lost, you would set up a more conscious perimeter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you would limit accessibility, especially like during the day or, you know, when they first come in. Because you just came in off of the street and then you just started guns blazing. Yeah. And that's why you see a lot of this stuff. I feel like from an accessibility standpoint, you you see a lot of this happen on college campuses because it's very open and security for how many square feet they have and how many acres they have is minimal. So a lot of people can infiltrate. Like if they wanted to do that, it's. Yeah. It's a lot easier for them to do so. Well, uh, do you have any other specific callbacks? No, that was that was the only one because, you know, America in and of itself, like Washington is fucked up. So I'm like, let's let's talk about that. Let's articulate it. Let's address it. Let's uh And our condolences to the families, of course. And yeah. Shout out to the survivors that are protesting and making their voices heard finally mm-hmm. and uh and be- becoming part of the message at young ages. Uh, it is kind of part of the message of our show. Talks about running. Part of that means younger people hearing that message early yeah. and getting motivated to run at younger ages, so they have lifetimes against these other lifetimes that everyone's always comparing and being like, "I've been doing this since." Mm-hmm. And be like, "Yeah, me too." Right? So, uh, yeah, you gotta listen. So, yeah, we gotta get some of the young people uh, running, and that's that's good that the that this issue has finally, you know, created. Uh, a necessity for them and and it's a survival necessity and they see it as that and that's important so. yeah and they're marching and marches are for visibility and definitely yeah they're they in nine days they like they went down to the legislature and say yo y'all gotta do something about them and they had a cnn town hall and you know yeah and our homegirl dana loesch or dana lash or whatever she was there walling out and shit anyway well, uh, that all aside, it is, of course, How You Live In, episode 50, everybody. <laughs> Whoop, that's... <laughs> yep. <laughs> Your drunk uncle's at the party. Uh, so, <laughs> with that, we, uh, we welcome you to episode 50. Uh, we made it, Jazz! Yay! Half a century of uh, of of episodes. Hell yeah! Uh, but with that, uh, we move in to uh, to what's going on this week and how we're kind of seeing what's happened and what we we see on the agenda coming. Uh, of course, uh, in the the world, there was the world of sport events. The Olympics were held and uh, are doing their closing ceremonies today. So there was a lot of uh, somewhat international camaraderie around you know it was kind of a tense uh discussion as far as the news base of it because the the whole north korea involvement but uh but overall it was a it was a it kind of went off without a hitch this olympics you know yeah there was a lot of fear around it because north korea like pyeongchang is you know not far south from the border and all so yeah it, it was it was good that 
they they came together, had a fun Olympics. You know, America kicked ass as I guess America usually does. Like, well, I mean, not totally. I mean, Norway and Germany got more medals, and you know, several oh. other countries. Yeah, we're well, not. Oh, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we saw some. I mean, we won some uh, some good medals, uh, and and we'll see that focus over here in our media. But yeah, no, Norway by far got the most medals. And uh, in Germany was right there. I haven't seen a medal count official today after uh, the last few events. Uh, they were running, I think, the women's 30K uh, cross country today is the final event. Uh, oh, okay. But, but yeah, overall, so always a good kind of example of... Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. The, yeah. Okay, what's the top five, Chaz? Top five is Norway with 39 total medals. Germany with 31 total medals, Canada with 29 total medals, the United States of America with 23 total medals, and the Netherlands with 20 total medals. Yeah, so we were in a, a close race there with the Netherlands to be in the, uh, the out of the top five. So, yeah, no, always a good example. It's, it's actually kind of in my mind, like, because of that, uh, there's so much focus on the summer games that we, and there's so much emphasis in, in sporting events that we kind of do here mm-hmm. in America that uh, that we do really well in it. It's funny that some of so many of the winter sports are kind of out of our element. It kind of puts us in a, in a lower end of the bracket. It's kind of funny, I think. And Yeah, it, it's because there are places in America where you can do those things like Sean White, like our snowboarders got gold because, you know, snowboarding was, I guess, I don't know if it was invented here, but to some degree it was. I mean, there's probably versions of it you could find where there was mono skiing was happening Mm -hmm. in the in the late 50s. Um, But uh, and earlier there were mono skis, but um uh, I would say officially the snowboarding as we know it is kind of a brainchild of uh, Jake Burton and, oh, okay. and Tom Sims. Mm. And it kind of simultaneously had their own one in California, one in Colorado. Oh, okay. Kind of aha m- moments. And uh, and they created something called the Snurfer. <laughs> yeah, it was the, <laughs> the, snow, the snow surfer, the Snurfer. And uh, and you would you would ride on it while holding a um a, a rope, and that's how yeah. you and that's how you balanced yourself to stay on the board. Okay. And then over time, they kind of had these bindings that would kind of like hold your feet in, in your boots in, and over time, they realized they didn't need the uh, the rope anymore, and so it kind of developed from there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, but that's snowboarding. But yeah, so yeah, we were good in that. But yeah, some of the uh, the cross country events, the alpine skiing events, yeah, the uh, the different uh, a lot of times the figure skating and the different types of disciplines in that. Oh yeah, hockey. We weren't even in the running toward till the end. Uh, well, I guess the women did good, but uh, yeah, yeah, the women killed it. Uh, but yeah, uh, Russia as an unofficial squad won the hockey gold as uh, the OAR. Mm. The Olympic athletes from Russia. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's what that's what yeah, that's what they competed as. So, um Yeah. You didn't hear that? No, no. I did I was not keeping track of the Olympics at all. Oh wow. Yeah, Russia was banned and then they decided Oh, I knew they were banned. That that I did know. And then they decided to allow some of their athletes to compete. So they competed under the Olympic banner. 
under the name uh, OAR for uh, Olympic Athletes of Russia. Mm, wow. Yeah, and so the OAR hockey team won men's gold. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, you know, it was an interesting Olympics. Uh, yeah, not without, I guess, some controversy <laughs> now that we look back on it. You know, you got the uh, the the Russian thing, and then the uh, the the near North Korea situation. But uh, other than that, obviously, we've been hearing kind of the political responses to the Parkland thing occurring, and kind of steering uh, a new rhetoric of uh, Republican dissent from you know the normal ranks. Yeah, and at the same time, we're seeing a response in the sense of. Uh, pu- public uh, responses to banning different products and people that have supported uh, the NRA at different points now uh, as a uh, as a momentum building situation and including you know certain Congress people that are on the on the right. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and so uh, while that momentum is actually building, you know, and I and I don't want to circle. Uh, the bump stock issue is the as the line in the sand. I think we need to make a bigger, a bigger play here. Oh no, for sure. Um, and uh, and 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 yeah, and it's really sad in the sense that there already was a weapons ban at one point that they let expire. Yeah, from nineteen ninety four to two thousand four. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. These times. These times. So what I find like so. M- Looking at the Republicans, they're having their CPAC event. It's the Conservative Political Action Conference. And they, they've been doing some, some kind of silly stuff. So first, we got to talk about our man, Ajit Pai. And Ajit Pai got a gun for his courageousness for dismantling net neutrality. And I'm like, are y'all fucking kidding me with that bullshit? <laughs> the, the amount of times that we seriously have to go not the onion in 2018 is getting a little redonkulous. What's up? And because, like, you know, at first, fucking Ajit Pie, like, he know exactly what he was doing. He he is the darling. He is the darling of uh, the conservative party right now. But I guess I would say he's more of the darling of the establishment conservative party right now and i think that's what cpac usually represents but they had marie le pen at cpac marie le pen far right from france marie le pen and and we if you don't know what the le pens represent we talked about it when france was having their election and they represent basically the proud boys the neo-nazis of france is definitely very populist is populist plus nationalism and you know, so it was a little, it was weird. It was weird that they would have someone at that party. And actually, someone got booed at the Conservative Political Action Conference for calling that shit out. They were like, yeah, no, why Why you all motherfuckers doing this shit? So when you put in, uh, so I, I put in Ajit Pai into uh, Google News. The top, the top responses are... FCC Chairman Ajit Pai accepts NRA award, raising questions. Okay, so he's, you know, protecting the NRA. That's interesting for a technology guy. It doesn't really affect, but 
That's interesting. That's where his values are. Tech startup are suing the FCC to save neutrality. Ajit Pai reportedly under investigation by the Inspector General of the FCC. The next one's Ajit Pai's plans to take away broadband from poor people from Wired Magazine. That one. Uh, which then has a comment that's a, a, in expanding high-speed internet access to rural schools. There's a comment about uh, Agit Pai um, from that. Okay, wait. Uh, oh, yeah, and attorney generals join the net neutrality suit. So basically if the top five things about that guy are basically he's in all kinds of hot water as far as his credibility, uh, his alignments, um, his ability to serve the actual people. I mean, we need this guy out of there. Yeah, no, totally. And then the other thing that happened was uh, Mona Chirin, who's a senior fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center and also a writer for National Review, uh, she spoke out against conservatives about being hypocrites when it regarded uh, women's issues and also about the Marie Le Pen thing. And it was I was watching the video and people were yelling when she's saying we were being hypocrites about women. They were yelling. Someone was yelling, not the same, not the same. I was like, hold up. What Kool-Aid is y'all drinking? Like, to me damn y'all drinking the kool-aid hard if you're like not the same and uh and that's the state of the the republican party right now like ethics seem to be going out the window like ethos ain't their ethos is basically i don't know what it is anymore well you know first it's truth because once you remove honesty then yeah it's a slippery slope to ethics because why (laughs) do you have ethics if there's no honesty right and then and then once you've lost both those things you know uh, there's no integrity. So yeah. essentially, I mean, uh, they're going to be buy for sell votes in the house from these members. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to wind up getting their secret houses with addresses that we won't know for years. And then it'll come out years later. They have a cabin in the woods type situation or, mm-hmm. or, a, or a Malibu beach house or whatever it is. And uh, and all those kickbacks will be when they're in their 80s and they'll be like, well, I'm sorry. It was the way things were done back then, you know, and we're mm-hmm. it's it's like it's the same story over and over. And so, you know, we got to start getting credible candidates in there. And I it, it, the game is changing to where it's like hard to run a credibility campaign. Yeah, because they can just throw lies at this point. So I, I'm not surprised that their moral behavior is on a slippery slope in the sense that. Uh, they don't have truth, so they don't have integrity, uh, you know. Yeah, I do like there's a section of the Republicans who, I guess you could call them woke-ish, for lack of a better word. And because, oh, uh, Vice News did another thing where they talked about the one year of Trump being in office and they got a a panel there. And there's this one dude in the back who is an electrician who is like Trump. I'm paraphrasing, but basically all of his responses are Trump is bullshit. The stuff that he fed you, he isn't doing. He is helping out his corporate, like corporate folks, not y'all. And people are like, and there was this one lady that was like, I love Trump because Trump is giving a voice to us who weren't being heard. And, you know, he's saying all the things that I wanted to say but felt like I couldn't. So I definitely find, like, there is fracture within the ranks. 
But one of the things that I found hilarious and kind of shocking was Ann Coulter, of all people, back in 2015, when on Bill Maher was like, out of all the people who are running in the in the race right now, who do you think has the best chance of winning? And without skipping a V, she was like, Donald Trump. And then there and everyone like Joy from Joy in the Morning Show was like, What the fuck? And she was like, Yeah, because he's the only one listening to the people and what they want. And just all like, Do you think the Democrats have any way to win? Yeah, if they run Bernie Sanders. <laughs> and I was like, Damn. Wow. I was like, yo, no. Oh I was I was like, Ann Coulter of all people. I was like, damn, she she had her finger to the pulse. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's the reality. I mean, we he was the most likely candidate in the sense that, you know, if the Republican ideal and the job-saving program, I mean, he had freaking rallies. I mean, we were we <laughs> it was right in our face. I don't know how mm-hmm. I don't know how it was even dictated as a surprise. I mean, that was that is an error on the part of uh the liberal community in the way that we we ran about that campaign. It was way different than we had conducted ourselves in 2008, mm-hmm. and 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 it was reflected in the job that was done. Uh, with that, and since it's been kind of a heavy show, I'm just going to do a random kind of lighter topic. Cool. We, we've uh, we've gone through uh, so many different uh, uh, sporting events good leading up to the Super Bowl, and now we're leading into playoff season of hockey. Oh, yeah. And this is something most people don't know is about to begin. Uh, They know basketball is ramping up, but we're getting late in the season as well as in hockey. Uh, And we're coming up next year on the 100th anniversary of Seattle, our present home city. Oh. Anniversary of them winning the Stanley Cup at a time when they were actually participants. Wait, what? In the league, yeah, the Seattle Metropolitans, yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and so you know, there's hope for a team. The uh, the century mark was kind of a mark in the sand. Everyone kind of wanted to see happen, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but with that, I, I I'm uh, I'm starting it with a piece of a game. I want to quiz you. I want you to name for me. Uh oh. Five NHL franchises. Oh, okay. Um, the Calgary Flame, the Boston Bruins. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and uh, the Vancouver Canucks. That's good. Yeah, all right. All right. So did you, growing up in Philadelphia, uh, what was your exposure to the league, to, to hockey in the NHL? Um. So the Flyers were the Flyers. I remember <laughs> Eric Lindros being in the news quite often. Um, and I think there was a time where we got close to getting to the Stanley Cup. But we couldn't quite make it. It was kind of like Philly teams in the 90s always had like their good players, like that one signature player. And they were we were always like riding on our hopes for them. But we always came like this close to even competing in the championship game. So, yeah, there was a lot of there's a lot of disappointed in our major teams. But uh, we have a minor league team called the Phantoms and the Phantoms have won championships. And they were in hockey as well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's funny. And did, did people did people watch the Phantoms? 
I mean, not in a big way. It was so Philadelphia has like a lot of big name sports teams, but also minor league sports teams too. So they would get their money from the the off chance you have your kid's birthday party at one of the things, or you know the Chiefs were pretty, the seats were pretty cheap, so you could just go there as like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go there with the boys, kind of like going to the movies or whatever. So. Right. Okay. All right. All right, so uh, have you ever been to an NHL game? I have not. Okay. I've wanted to go, but I have not. We'll have to go up and catch a Canucks game uh, north of the border. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay, well then, uh, what is, in your mind, can you name uh, two kind of out of the normal, uh, what you would expect to be weather-wise franchises in the league? Where are the warm weather uh, what are some warm weather? I mean, you have the Anaheim Ducks, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, yeah, which almost feel like a franchise that just like <laughs> rode the coattails of popularity of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, the Mighty Ducks, because at first they were called the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Yeah, no, they they were. I think I don't know which one came first. Uh, if the movie came first or if the franchise came first. I think I think the Mighty Ducks, the movie, came first. Yeah, and then they made a franchise off of it. Yeah, for real. And, uh, I'm, yeah. and I'm trying to think of what other... Oh, jeez. I'm trying to think. I know there's a few in southern states, but I can't remember... <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, like... <laughs> but I can't remember exactly, like, which city... Like oh god yeah I know I know the ones from Canada mostly <laughs> which is right yeah what's the warmest climate one in Canada the warmest climate one in Canada you might argue it's the Vancouver Canucks, Canucks yeah. I was gonna say because yeah. you have like the Calgary Flame and you have yeah. like the Toronto Maple Leafs and <laughs> yeah I don't know yeah did any of the East Coast is the Islanders in there I don't know oh yeah the New York Islanders I forgot about the New York Islanders and you have uh. So so the I think uh, I watched a game today. It was uh, the Nashville Predators. Oh, okay. So Nashville feels a little bit yeah, uh, a little bit warm climate. Uh, and then there's of course uh, there's there's a Tampa Bay team. Oh, okay, okay. I believe. And so uh, the yeah. Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, we got the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. That, that's definitely another one. Nashville Predators. The Tampa Bay. Lightning. Lightning. Okay. Yeah. And then the Arizona Coyotes, which has been the kind of franchise. Arizona Coyotes. Shit. Oh, this has been the one uh, <laughs> Seattle's been kind of keeping an eye on as uh, it's had a lot of financial issues. Mm. Uh, it actually, at one point, ownership group was uh, linked directly with uh, Wayne Gretzky being mm. in the presidency and ownership group. Uh, Never quite led to any success either on the court or in uh, the ticket sales. They've they've flirted with it a little bit with some wins, mm-hmm. uh, and so if that one folds, it's always been kind of discussed that they might hit uh, Seattle. But uh, now the NHL is actually talking about an expansion option uh, with Seattle oh, and Portland okay. both on the kind of short list. Although one team would probably win out between the two in the original expansion. Uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think in this case, Portland might have the edge and I only say that because they have the Rose center and that's already a basketball court and it's very common for NHL teams and NBA teams to share the same court. Yeah. I I do believe part of the expansion might include, uh, guarantees on a, on a future, uh, a permanent s- single home, mm-hmm. multi-use single home, where like you can have a schedule filled out with 
concerts and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But during the season, dedicated to the sport. Oh, yeah. Um, And I think, uh, I yeah, but I do, yeah, I see what you're saying. They definitely have the infrastructure. Um, the city, I guess, would argue it could expand the use of Kirina. Yeah. And, and then follow that up with building a building. So... We shall see. That was our uh, divulgent uh, topic. I like to just take away from the headiness of the news and talk Mm -hmm. about something silly or enjoyable uh, that we all can get behind. Uh, And then I usually ask Chaz if he's got anything he wants to grow your brain with or tell you to to seek out in, in hopes of expanding your mind or any other topics you got. What you got? Uh, let's see like first of all i just want to do a quick hashtag bill watch uh for senate bill 2095 uh, assault weapons ban of a uh, 2017 so uh, diane feinstein put this out uh right around the time there, there's a lot of legacy stuff i shouldn't even call it legacy from the las vegas shooting that's being brought back up the light after parkland so definitely uh look at that um, basically, it's saying it, the let's see the bill amends federal criminal code to make it a crime to knowingly import, sell, manufacture, transfer, or possess a semi-automatic assault weapon or large capacity ammunition feeding device. So that would definitely ban something like the AR-15. And so there's something to look at there. There's also the concealed carry reciprocity act that passed the house like some months ago and how that might be like a little bit of a compromise that folks talk about in this where they're saying if you're going to ban this well maybe americans should be able to conceal carry in one state in all states and you know that could be very dangerous it might not have as massive a killing but you probably would see more shootings especially in places where they have stricter gun laws because statistics show the the more strict the gun laws, the, the less gun deaths there are. So, mm. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. Uh, other than that, let me see. Well, uh, you know, and the other parts of the news that have occurred is the uh, the ongoing kind of questions of uh, the 2018 and beyond kind of election scenario. Uh, I saw an interview today. Uh, talking about the 2020 kind of face, and they were talking to Governor Hickenlooper. Hmm. Who's who, that? He's the Democratic governor of uh, Colorado. Oh, okay. And he's actually the uh, owner of a company called as Wincoop Brewery uh, that he started with some friends of his, and uh, he's he's kind of always been a business entrepreneur, and then he got into politics and worked his way up to government. Uh, and, uh, he actually was a keynote speaker at a, uh, at a brewery convention I went to back in, uh, I want to say 2014. So I'm familiar with him. Uh, his policies are interesting. He, he runs the gamut kind of moderate left leaning, uh, kind of, kind of conservative ish Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, and he was sitting next to, uh, I guess it's what John, John Cash. Oh, John Kasich. Yeah, yeah. Who 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 won't won't rule out running in twenty twenty hmm. on a on a kind of reverse Trump campaign kind of thing. So uh it was an interesting conversation laying the kind of groundwork for, for a discussion that we're gonna be hearing. Uh, and definitely after the uh two thousand eighteen midterms we'll be hearing a lot more of it. 
someone will have to probably lose a seat maybe to to get more mentions in the running so that'll that'll be an interesting moment but yeah he he said uh he can't rule anything out he didn't he didn't make any real motions towards running oh yeah yeah so that would be cool because he's done he's been pretty progressive for colorado and you know definitely legalizing weed did well for them and some would argue their legalization process was a lot more efficient and a lot easier than say washington's or some other ones that are coming out right now so yeah it'd be interesting to see him run i definitely would need to research him a little bit more to see what he's about overall and what is he really going to do about you know old industries leaving new industries taking over and the lack of you know uh, how robots will eventually take our jobs, but how automation in and of itself is going to be a big factor in education and how, you know, legacies from the distant past and people longing for that because that's what they're used to. And so, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he tackles, like, the gestalt of uh, all of America's problems as, you know, you would expect any presidential candidate to do, but. But yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, having them both be from Colorado, sitting down, kind of on opposite ends of the aisle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they had a lot of common ground and like respect for each other. They were on the uh, this week program. Oh yeah. With uh, Mr. Uh, George Stephanopoulos. George Stephanopoulos on the ABC network. It's America's network. <laughs> uh, and we're paid by uh, ABC guys, by the way. We get about eight million dollars per show from them. We're sorry. It's, <laughs> it's, why, it's why we tilt so hard towards TGIF. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're sponsored in, in part by Full House, 1987 to 1993. We refused to pay for the 1994 episodes. I had to read that. <laughs> I was required by our ABC contract. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting seeing kind of them discuss that, being that they are from kind of a moderate purple state. Uh, uh, it has uh, a history of leaning democratically lately. But uh, definitely has a history of being a conservative base type state. Um, yeah, it's an interesting landscape for both Colorado and the future of the Republican Party and or the future of the presidential ticket if either or both of those men decide to uh, run. Uh, they jokingly asked if they could ever be on the same ticket. Uh, uh, Kate. Kasich's almost agree that he would be willing to do vice president, but he kind of jokingly had to back out of that. Oh, but that was interesting because I guess that's like a way of bowing out to another party to say that you would run as their running mate. But yeah, it was interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean traditions are, are have already gone out the window, so you know. Yeah, I know. I really wish this was like opening and widening the berth for like third fourth and fifth party options to be hitting the ballots but yeah our system isn't set up for it we're not built for it yeah it would take a lot it would take it, it, too much influence and then people would wonder where that influence is coming from mm-hmm. uh even if it was government and, and even if you limited campaign finances to match that of which you were allowing it just still it gets it gets muddied waters for sure yeah you'd have to get a group of democrats and republicans and i think we can definitely talk about it because we're seeing kids definitely having a bigger social impact and they're thinking more about voting and stuff of actually caring if candidates are going into congress 
uh, we'll actually put forth laws that change our voting from first past the post to something different. Like maybe a parliamentary style system, but I don't think you need that exactly. You just, I think a tiered voting system would be fine. And if you get a tiered voting system, then that would allow you to think that who you want first, second, third, and all that to be actually a viable choice instead of just being like, well, I have to choose one of them. Right. Yeah, we'll have to see that applied at the county and state level and kind of in practice and and get kind of better feedback in an American environment. Yeah, I think it happens in one of the New England states, but I don't remember which one exactly. So, well, probably New Hampshire. <laughs> it has so many weird ones. It's got like 453 like representatives. It's 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 a weird one. Uh, but with that, man, uh, I think we uh we made it through on this Sunday afternoon. Uh I want to tell everybody to reach out on the social medias. You can get a hold of me at Seatown Mayor. That's S E A T O W N M A Y O R, because I am the helper of you in the municipality by the sea. Uh, and that's the story. Uh, what about you, Chaz? Uh, if you want a, a good laugh, you're a 90s kid, and you know how we talk about like TGIF and all that. Um, there are two sets of videos on Funny or Die. One is Zach Morris is trash, where they tell you just exactly how trash Zach Morris is, and you're like, shit. Like, <laughs> like yo, he's a fucking asshole. Mark Paul Gosler, you an asshole. And the other one is a very special episode where they kind of give like a tongue in cheek critique of um, old ABC. Uh, TGIF shows, very special episodes, like that time that Sean joined a cult in Boy Meets World, or that time that TJ met a pedophile on Smart Guy, or that time where DJ flirted with uh, anorexia and bulimia on uh, Full House. And I'm like, well, damn. Yeah, it gets, <laughs> it gets deep. It gets deep. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the episode in uh, Say by the Bell was the one where Jesse's like, mm-hmm. Uh, w- w- she's in the middle of singing that song, and she's like, "No, I'm fine." And right? Oh, and that's one of the episodes of Zach Morris's trash. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure, I believe it. And uh, always, you can get a hold of uh, Chaz at CRSII on and, the Twitter sphere, and Chaz Baz everywhere else, including Instagramio. Uh, and with that, guys, that is fifty in the bucket. Uh, we appreciate anyone who listens. Uh, get us on the Gmail at hylbox at gmail.com. That's hylbox for hyl. How you living? Box at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, we're going to be chilling here in the sea town for now. Uh, let us know what's going on in your burg, and uh, maybe we'll bring up those topics on another edition of How You Living. Oh, uh, yeah. Get registered to vote. And, you know, see you in the midterms. And, uh, you know, stay woke. As always. Good seeing you, Raquel. Good to see you, man. I'll talk to you soon. We out. Peace. Go, 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 shawty. It's your birthday. We gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip a party like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give a fuck. It's not your birthday. You can find me in the club. Fifty cent for fifty episodes. Ha, I got it. <laughs> <laughs>